welcome to Bangor Community Church Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed today as you hear the Word of God. Well, let's stand and we're going to take our Bibles and if your Bible is in the form of an app, then grab that and we're going to make our confession this morning about this Word. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we've all got our Bibles, phones. So... Repeat after me. This is my Bible. I believe what it says. I believe I am who it says I am. I believe I can do what it says I can do. I believe I have what it says I can have. And now I'm about to receive the incorruptible, the never dying seed of the word of God. My mind is alert. My heart is open. And as a result, I'll never, ever be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Let's be seated. Church, we've been uh, dealing this last two weeks on uh, authority and, um, you know, using our authority. Who knows that we're in a warfare? And we're in a spiritual warfare and and the, two weeks ago when I was speaking about that, I said sometimes, you know, um, the enemy can just creep in and get one over on us. And Tony then came, ministered last week. Who enjoyed Tony last week? You got something there. She ministered in our authority, staying in our reigning place. Hallelujah. So um, we've been looking at so much, but today I want us to turn over to Ephesians and chapter 6, and we're going to look at this passage that talks about the armor of God, hallelujah, and start to get some understanding of the armor of God, hallelujah. So Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to start in verse 10, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. So verse 10 says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you're able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Amen? So we've probably all read that passage before, but let's go back to verse 10 here. It says the first word is finally, finally. Now, this whole book of Ephesians, it's one big long letter. And it wasn't, you know, divided into chapters and divided into verses. That's for us to make it easier for us to to reference. But it's all one continuous letter that Paul wrote. 
And so much is dealt with in Ephesians. If you look, you know, it, it deals with being chosen by God. Ephesians 1, chosen by God. It deals with the grace of God, saved by grace through faith. It deals with family relationships. It deals with a five-fold ministry. It deals with church. It deals with the relationships with employers and employees. This, it deals with so much, this book and this letter of Ephesians. deals with being filled with the Spirit. So Paul here, when he gets right down to the end, verse 10, he says, now finally. So that is, that is using this word in a, in a way to go, everything that has gone before is important, but this is very important. Finally, give attention to this matter at hand. And then he went on to talk about spiritual warfare and our armor. So finally, my brethren, take note and he says, be strong in the Lord. Be strong. Does he say here, if you're having a bad day, then be strong? No, he says, be strong. It's not an option. It's the command. Be strong. Be strong. It's the command in the Lord. And this word strong, I've been looking up a lot. I love Rick Renner. Who's got sparkling gems here? The book Sparkling Gems. If you don't have it, Get it? It's really good. Sparkling gems. So um, that word strong is pronounced, it comes from two words that's pronounced in dunamo. It's made up of two words. And the first word is en, and it means into. And the second word comes from the word dunamis, which means explosive strength, the ability and the power. And that's where we get our word dynamite. So when you put those two words into and dynamite together, that explosive power, it gives a picture of the explosive power being deposited in some sort of a container or a vessel, some sort of receiver, um, and that's us. That's us. We are made to contain the power of God. Isn't that awesome? We are created as a new creations in Christ Jesus to contain his very power. Powerful. Absolutely powerful. And so when this power, when, when Holy Spirit comes in and his power transforms you, you could be somebody who would be very weak, but all of a sudden you're very, you've got the power of God on the inside of you. Amen? And the enemy does not want us to know about this power that we have on the inside of us and available to us at all the time. So Paul is saying here, be strong, receive a supernatural strengthening and deposit of God. So here, verse 10, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Before Paul, Apostle Paul even went on to talk about the armor of God, he deals with power. He deals with the, you know, you can put on the armor, but you've got to understand the power. You've got to understand the power that is within you, the power that's available for you, the power that wants to get out from you and do something. Amen? You've got to receive that power. You've got to be flowing in that power. Or we can go through all the armor, and you can understand the armor, but, and you can go to wear the armor, but if you are not functioning in the power, what good is the armor? So be strong in the Lord and the power. 
Be strengthened in that deposit of power. And I just believe today by Holy Spirit that we're sitting under this anointed word that we're going to be strengthened in that power. Amen? Hallelujah. Because I need it. I need that. I need that strength in, in his mighty power. So you could say be infused, be strong, be infused with supernatural strength and ability. Amen. And then Paul goes on to say, and in the power of his might, in the power of his might, hallelujah, in the power of his might, you know, it's, it's in him, it's in Christ, it's his power. You know, Ephesians chapter one talks about in him, in Christ, in whom, seven times just in that one chapter, all through the New Testament, it's talking about we're hidden in Christ, what we can do through Christ. It's in him. It's all about him. And that word power there is the word kratos, C-R-A-T-O-S, and it means strength. So in the power, kratos, strength, victory over something. It means taking something by force. It means storming something. It means demonstrated power. Amen? So that kratos power that Paul is talking about, the power of his might, the Lord's might, he's not talking about something that's intellectual, but something that's demonstrative. It's something that's eruptive. It's something that's tangible, that power. Amen? So when people are baptized in the Holy Spirit, you know, they get that power and uh, all of a sudden they start wanting to see signs and wonders and miracles. They become changed. You know, I know that firsthand, uh, just that wee example I saw in Crystal's life. And we were over in Peru. She was four, eight months, eight months old. And um, and that time she'd been inquiring about the Lord for a little while. And we knew she was just coming up to that wee age of understanding and this particular night, I was tucking Kevin and Crystal into bed, and Crystal wanted to, you know, ask the Lord into her heart. So we led her into the, you know, in that prayer, she repeated after me, I said, now you know the Lord, he's your savior, Crystal. Now, would you like the power? Would you like to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Would you like to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? And would you like to have a lovely heavenly language? that you can talk and you can pray to the Lord. And she says, yes, mommy. I says, well, we're going to pray for that. So I prayed for her and immediately, you know, she, ha- she started to speak in tongues. Very easy, you know, just to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You just by faith, like a little child, just believe I receive. The baptism is for me. I believe, Father, you're going to baptize me in the Holy Spirit. Speaking with other tongues, that is my right to have. And she took that right there and she laid down. And all of a sudden, she sat bolt upright, frightened me. Sat up straight in her bed, and she says, Mommy, as soon as I get back to Ireland, and when I get back to school, because we had to lift her out of P1 at the time, you know? She did three months of, well, she did September up until December, and we went to Peru from January through March. When I get back to school, and when I get back to my class, I'm going to tell everybody about Jesus. That was a demonstration of the power. She just received. I never forgot that. Lovely demonstration of power. And so those of us who have received that in the baptism in the Holy Ghost, we've got the power. Amen. But sometimes we, we forget about that. Sometimes we're, we're laying it aside almost. We're not using it. We're not functioning. Not. 
And the enemy, if we're not aware, he can come in and take a swipe. But we have that power. And that word might then, so it says power, kratos. Be strong in the Lord and in the power, kratos, of his might. When you look at that word might, that means a strong man, such as a mighty man with great muscular capabilities. It's used in the New Testament to picture God as one who is able and mighty and muscular, one with all might and ability to overcome any foe or accomplish any act and deed. And we know that is our God. So it's in the power of his might. So it's the kratos, the power of his might. Hallelujah. And then we go on to verse 11. And Paul says, put on. So just look at this word, put on. That is something for us to do. Put it on. Put on. The whole armor of God, again, the whole armor, not part of it. Uh, Put on your helmet. But if you want to leave the shield, that's okay. No, he says, put on the whole armor of God so that you would be able to stand against the wiles or scheming. So that word is trickery of the devil. The trickery of the devil. Do you know that the enemy is tricky? Anybody know he's sneaky? Very sneaky. Very, very. You know, if he came to you and he's dressed in a red outfit, two horns, and, you know, one of those pitchforks head on at you, you go, get away from me in Jesus' name. He doesn't come that way. He comes sneaky. He comes with lies. He comes with deception. He sneaks up. He tries to get in a way when you're, you don't know you're not looking. And he's done it for a long, long time. And he's very, very good at it. And that's why we need the power. That's why we need to be functioning in the power, in the Lord, in the power of his might. Amen. If you just think, Tony touched it somewhat last week, Adam and Eve. What happened then? How did the enemy get the authority from Adam and Eve? Because they had all, the authority was given to them back in the garden. How did the enemy do it? Did he come up head on and say, give me the authority God's given you? No. No, he, he came up and he lied and he tricked them. Genesis 2 and 16 to 17, I'll just quickly read. Genesis 2, 16 and 17. And the Lord God commanded them, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. That is the word of the Lord. Chapter over, Genesis 3, verse 1 to 4. Now the serpent was more crafty. I'm reading the Amplified Bible here was more crafty, subtle, skilled in deceit than any other living creature of the field which the Lord God had made. And the serpent, Satan, said to the woman, can it really be that God has said, you shall not eat of the tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of from the trees of the garden except the fruit from the tree which in the middle of the garden, God said, you shall not eat from it nor touch it. She added a little bit there. Nor touch it. Otherwise you'll die. But the serpent said to the woman, you certainly will not die. Because what does the enemy do? 
He comes to challenge the word of God. The demonic will challenge the word of God. You know, God gives you a word. This is the Logos. We call this the Logos, the written word of God. But when you're reading that word and sometimes a verse will jump out to you, that then you've, it's yours for that day or for that season and it becomes yours. That's the Rima word of God. And you're praying, you got that Rima word of God. Well, who's ever noticed that the enemy comes along to challenge that? He comes to challenge, he comes to lie, he, he, he causes circumstance and some situations sometimes come up in your life because he's out to challenge the word of God. And there, it, right in Genesis, you see that. See, he's sly, he's full of trickery. He, he comes very convincingly. He tries to mislead you. He'll use people close to you if they'll let him. That's why we've got to be careful. We've got to be in the power and we cannot be tricked. So verse, verse 12. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and power. So we don't, have, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. So people are not our problem. Isn't that right? People aren't. But God will use people, and he mostly will use people close to us, people that are influenced in our life. Now, he can't use them unless they yield to him. And any of us can yield to the devil at any given time. So don't sit here on your high horse this morning and go, hmm, and think of they did this and that one did that, and you, you are very capable of doing the same. But we mustn't yield and then be a vessel for the enemy to get to somebody else through, okay? So people are not our problem. We've got to love people, but principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this age and against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. So that's who we wrestle, not people. Verse 13 says, therefore, take up, that's our responsibility again, isn't it? That's an action word, like put on the whole armor. Now we've got to take up the whole armor of God that you would be able to stand, able to withstand in the evil day. What's the evil day? It's the day of attack. It's the day when the deception will come. And having done all, stand, resist, stand like that soldier resisting. Amen? So then on verse 14, it says, Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. So very, here we, there's two pieces in that verse, but the very first piece of weaponry we see is the belt of truth. Having your girded your waist all around, some translations say all around with truth truth and there we are that's a roman belt because all of this um weaponry was based on what a roman soldier would have worn so you see the belt up there and it had these little dangling leather things because that was to protect the roman soldiers to protect his loins you know if he got a good kick or something you know in the loins it wouldn't be good there's some reproductive organs there so we're going to protect that it was the most central area, uh, a central piece of the weaponry because everything else was fastened to that belt. 
You know, if he, if he didn't have, that Roman soldier didn't have a belt, then he couldn't have a sword because the sword was held in place in the belt. It was supporting him as he went into battle, binding the rest of the armor together. And if he didn't have that belt, then the shield that was hung on a clip attached to the belt, he wouldn't have that shield with him. And so that Roman soldier going into battle, entering into conflict without a belt, he was totally unarmed and therefore vulnerable. So the belt was the most central piece to the whole Roman soldier's weaponry. Even you think, why, why do men wear belts? Why do women wear belts? Apart from looking fancy, why do we wear belts? It's to keep our trousers up, keep us together. Yeah. So very, very important. So so that is the belt of truth. So now when we look at that truth, and the truth, the belt of truth represents the written word of God, we now see that this word, the written word of truth, is so, so important to us. It is the very first weapon that is going to protect us. When we have got this truth, we've got the written truth of the word, and not only that, what do we call the Holy Spirit? Another word for Holy Spirit? The spirit of truth. He's going to guide us into all truth. So when you're developing a relation with the Holy Spirit and you're, you're praying in your heavenly language and you're spending time developing that relationship, the Holy Spirit is going to lead you in truth. The Holy Spirit will never lead you or guide you to do anything that's contrary to this word because he's the spirit of truth. And this word is truth. So, you know, when the enemy tries to deceive he tries to sow a lie. He tries to sow deception. You know, what is deception? Deception is believing a lie. But you believe the lie and you so believe it that you feel it's the truth. And that's the way the enemy comes. He comes and he keeps coming and he keeps coming and he wears you down until you are believing something you think is truth and you're about to act in that thing and actually it's a lie. But you have, he's convinced you, or you've been convinced that this is truth. But the more that you are in this word, the more you're listening to the spirit of truth, you will not be deceived. This is the very first uh, weaponry, central piece that is going to protect you. The first piece that will protect is this word. That's why every week we're saying, are you in the word? That's why we're saying, this is my Bible. I believe what it says. We're in the Word every day. That's why this year, I've said no matter what word you take, if you take a chapter a day, we're saying this year, do more. Do more. Read a chapter and a half. Read two chapters or add um, a study, a, a, another topic onto what you read in every day. And don't tell me that you're not reading this every day because if you're not reading this every day, you're open to deception. You're open to the sly, sneaky, dealings, crafty enemy. This will protect you. Reading it out loud will protect. So I've started to do that. I think it was maybe, I was probably in the prayer meeting, I was saying, um, it was a conference that, that Brian was at in America, um, there's this guy, and I just forget his name, but he's read the Bible through more than a thousand times out loud. 
So he's taken in his eye gates, but he's also taken in, as he reads it out loud, the ear gate. Taken in that word twice. And he read that in front of his kids year on year. And now his kids, each one of his adult children, read this word ten times a year out loud. I tell you, they're well protected. Well protected. Amen. The belt of truth. Hallelujah. If you just look back at chapter 2 to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 14. It says here um, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into all things unto him who is the head, Christ here, Paul is saying, you know, he's, he's saying, don't be like a child. You're just tossed about every wind, every bit of doctrine that's coming along. But it's the truth that will cause you to grow up. He's, he's depicting a picture here that somebody who is just unstable. They're unstable if they're not established in this word of truth. They're unstable. And they're open then to that deception. And we don't want to be a person like that. We want to be stable. Amen. We don't want to be misled. We want to be protected. And this truth, this word of God, it's the final authority. We need to settle that. If you haven't settled that this morning, that this word of God is the final authority, you settle that. Amen? Because the enemy will come over and over to try and stand against this word. You're, you've got a promise you're believing for, and the enemy will come and go, you're never going to receive that promise. You're never going to apprehend that. That's never going to happen in your life. Anybody experience that? Keep standing on the promise. Stand. Therefore, and having done all, still stand. Amen? So say to your neighbor, truth will protect me from lies and deception. Mom. Truth will protect me from lies and deception. Hallelujah. You know, 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 talks about the God of this world. Well, how's Satan ruling this world? It's through deception, isn't it? Through deception. Because we read earlier, you know, God gave the authority to man and he stole it. He took it. He took it back. So he's ruling through deception. So... Praise the Lord. We've got the truth. And we're going to be in the truth like never before. And then the second part of um, the armory that we're looking at here. So back to Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 14 is the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate of righteousness. So you see it up here. That covered the soldier front and back. It went from the, the neck right down to the waist. And um, it was a beautiful piece of armor because it was made of metal. Um, and it, it's offensive and it's also protective. So it was offensive because if you got a lot of the soldiers, the Roman uh, soldiers, and they're marching and maybe they, the heat of the day, the sun starts to shine and starts to hit that metal, what happened is it would reflect off and blind the enemy's eyes. It was brilliant. 
It had a brilliance to it, that metal. So offensive. But also, you can see how it protected. It protected the vital organs there in behind. So the breastplate, and it was, it was offensive, it was defensive, but it was also the most heaviest piece that the Roman soldier would wear. And here we're told it's our breastplate is righteousness. Our breastplate is righteousness. You know, I was taught as a young girl, you know, you put on the breastplate of righteousness and you take the sword of the spirit and, you know, in the morning you go through all those actions. And those actions are a faith. They're just something for you to lock your faith onto as you're putting your armor on. But you've got to understand what your armor really is, what it's about. And that's what we're going through. So it's not, I mean, you can go through all the motions and, and have my shoe, feet shod, putting on my shoes and, and everything. Oh, now I've got my armor on. And you haven't got a clue really what you've done. We don't want to be those people. Amen? We, you know, I'm putting my helmet on, I'm way out the door. What is your helmet? What does it do? Don't know, but it's on. <laughs> we're, we're not those people. Amen? We know. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So it was the heaviest piece of armor. And that is what a righteousness is. You know, it's the heaviest thing that God has given us. It's a gift. He made us righteous. It's a gift. He made us righteous. Hallelujah. Clothed us in the robes of righteousness. Clothed us in that. And so we put on the breastplate of righteousness. Paul's saying, you put it on. In other words, understand that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Understand what he has done, what you have because of him. 2 Corinthians 5 and 21. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Hallelujah. So our protection with this a breastplate is righteousness. Righteousness. Now, truth, we've already talked about the belt of truth. And truth, what does truth protect us from? Shout out. Deception. So if truth protects us from deception, what does righteousness protect us from? Condemnation. Guilt. Shame. Unworthiness. A sense of failure. Even when I say those words, can't you already get an image of the devil? Because he comes to bring shame. He comes and he brings guilt. He comes and reminds you of your past that God has already dealt with if you'd ask forgiveness. He comes with condemnation. It, he comes with a sense of failure. Oh, you'll never do that. That's the whole hallmark of the devil and his workings. So righteousness, when you know you're, you're right because it's the righteousness of Christ Jesus, that will protect you. When the enemy wants to come and condemn you, you know, he doesn't like a person who understands that they're righteous because he can't get in. They've got their armor on. They can't get in. The enemy cannot get me in condemnation. He has no, he'll never, ever get me in condemnation because I know I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now, I'm not going around like a proud peacock going, no, I'm righteous. No, I understand it's a grace, it's a gift that God's given me. He did it, but I understand it is mine. 
So it's not a self-righteous thing, me saying that. I understand if I blow it, if I mess up, it's not my intention to mess up because God does not want any of us to sin. And all sin is anything contrary to this word. But if I mess up, what do I do? 1 John 1, 9. You go to 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So I mess up. I go to God. I said, Lord, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I missed it. I blew it again. Forgive me, Lord. I receive his forgiveness there and then. And the enemy comes a second later. Oh, you're so stupid. Why did you do that? And I go, do what? Do what? I'm forgiven. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He tries to put condemnation on me but he doesn't succeed. But if you don't know your righteousness, if you don't know to wear your armor, what happens? For a whole week, you can't go anywhere. Can't go to church. Too hard to get out to the prayer meeting because I just blew it. Oh, and this thing's sitting on you. It's sitting on you. No, you know you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You're confident. You can stand confident. And that's why the enemy doesn't like someone who understands their righteousness. It's the heaviest piece of armor we have. Protecting our vital organs front and back. And we gleam brightly to the enemy. Oh, condemnation's not going to work with her. It's not going to work with her. And we're gleaming, shining brightly to the enemy in the spirit. Amen? Blind in him. So he doesn't even come and try. What's the point? I'll try somebody else because they don't understand their righteousness. So we'll go there. But not here because we're going to know the way he works. Isn't that right? Amen? So be confident in the righteousness that God gave you. And we receive it, as we said, it's a gift. We receive that righteousness by faith and then, as we say, walk in it. Understand, just walk in it, walk in it. When the enemy comes, they go, you're self-righteous. No, I'm walking in the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. I'm walking in it with him. But sure you did this, and sure you did that. Sure you said, I'm walking in the righteousness of God. That won't work. This tactic won't work. So truth will defend you against deception. Righteousness now will protect you against guilt, condemnation, feelings of unworthiness, shame, feelings of failure. Amen. Next week, we're going to carry on with the other parts of our armor, but you know, just ask the worship team to come up here um, or come up and lead us. I started off talking as Paul did Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Paul knew to function in this armor, to function in this truth, to function in uh, righteousness and all these other weapons that we're going to look at, that power was important. And I want to give opportunity this morning, if anybody has not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you come and I'll lay my hands upon you. We believe for that baptism. 
You receive that baptism of power. Maybe you're saying, well, I did, but, you know, I hardly speak in tongues. I've got one word. Well, we'll come, we'll believe for two words or three words. We'll believe for more. Maybe this morning's a fresh filling you want of Holy Spirit. Amen. So um, let's agree together. Let's believe together. Let's all stand. Hallelujah. God, we thank you for this word this morning. We thank you for the power, the, the kratos power. We thank you for the power that you've given to us. Hallelujah. We thank you that we can do all things. We can stand against every wile of the devil. We are your people. Hallelujah. We are the people of God. We are the people of God. Hallelujah. We stand for truth against deception. And we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And we are the people of power. We are the people of power. We are the containers specially made to contain the power of the mighty God himself. Hallelujah. So just as the worship team lead us, that's you this morning, just quickly come. You want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? You know what? If I was in here and I wasn't baptized in the Holy Spirit, I'd run to the front because I tell you, I couldn't live without that power flowing in and through my life. Thank you for joining us. We look to God that He will direct your steps and blessings through this week. For more information, visit us at bangercommunitychurch.co.uk or find us on Facebook.